The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. Welcome to The Views Room, a weekly podcast brought to you by Reuters Breaking Views. I'm Rob Cox, the editor of Breaking Views in Zurich. Well, the convention season is over, which means everyone can get back to rewatching episodes of Tiger King or whatever strikes their fancy. The Republicans finished up on Thursday night with a one-hour address by President Trump on the lawn of the White House. For some perspective on the four-day apprentice-like bonanza, I'm joined by John Foley, our U.S. editor, and Anna Shemansky, our columnist in Brooklyn. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi, Rob. So, Anna, let me start with you. What was what did you think of it? Um, how did it compare with last week's uh, Democrat uh, extravaganza? You know, I, I was I was thinking about it, and I feel like it's like the the Ipatac convention, which is like <laughs> if you just take out the coronavirus, <laughs> this is the America that that they were describing. So it was uh, it, it, it was interesting. I, I would say in comparison to to last week, it. In some sense, it felt like a more standard convention in that it, it wasn't using all of the digital tools that the Democrats used. However, as I'm sure we will discuss, it was also highly, highly unusual in terms of the content and also specifically the use of the White House and other official government property for campaigning purposes. Right. We'll get to that, that the, the, you know, this uh, alleged violation of the Hatch Act. But John, what did you think of... Uh, I mean, how did you think it compared? What was your? Well, obviously, the the theater in the involved in the Republican um, convention was was on a scale that the Democrats came nowhere close to matching, and that partly is, as Anna says, because of the White House being in the backdrop and the fireworks spelling out the word Trump at the end. But one thing that is interesting is that having watched too much of this convention, there are lots of talking points that were consistently delivered that I can now recite. There are things that I know now by roads that I didn't know before, by okay, like, like years in government. Well, I mean, so let, let's decide whether some yeah. of these things are true, but there are things that, that there are messages that definitely are imprinted. And they're things like Biden spent 47 years in government and didn't achieve anything. Uh, Biden is a Trojan horse for socialism. China will own the country. Biden wants to defund the police. Biden's going to raise taxes. And those things, regardless of whether they're actually accurate, were delivered by so many speakers in so many different ways that I think there was a clear takeaway that the Democratic Convention for me lacked. I would struggle to tell you what the core messages of last week's Democrat meeting were. Yeah, it was definitely that Trump is a bad guy and he should leave and we need to restore some sense of normalcy. But otherwise, you're right. I mean, you couldn't, you, you don't have, those are all like each of those things you pointed out, each of those points is kind of like a mini MAGA. What were you gonna say, Anna? Well, I was going to say, I mean, but I think in terms of what the Democrats were doing, again, I think that that was very much on point is that they want this to be a referendum on Trump because they will do probably the best if this is a referendum on Trump. And I think, you know, what you saw out of the Republicans, yes, I agree that there were some consistent messages that came through, but they were kind of problematic messages if you think about it. They really didn't attack Joe Biden. They attacked their idea of the Socialist Democratic Party that they see. And even the idea he will be a Trojan horse concedes that he is actually a moderate, you know, right. this idea that it only makes sense if you believe that. So in the same sense that they were arguing that like, well, we don't believe in all of this, you know, political correctness and cancel culture. And yet they also were clearly trying to counter the criticisms of them by bringing out speakers of color and women. Who, it, it was, I would argue that there was kind of some discordancy, or that's not really a word, that the, the message was a bit discordant. Well, it's it interesting because the world, if you look at the United States, you know, you turn on the 
you turn on the TV, you look at the news and you see, you know, cities burning, you see, uh, you know, the most horrific uh, acts of, of uh, police brutality. You see, uh, you know, just it does not look you see 10 percent jobless rate. You see all of those things. OK, set aside the stock market at new highs. But it doesn't it doesn't look to, it doesn't it doesn't really coincide with the reality that was painted during the convention. Well, you know what they did quite effectively again, and and notwithstanding the inaccuracy of a lot of these claims, is they the other thing that was quite consistent is the assertion that the good stuff is because of Trump. Now, some of that good stuff it isn't really good stuff. I mean, there was a repeat talk of having created nine million jobs, which is maybe true, but they obviously don't talk about the 22 million that got destroyed before that. But the good stuff is is because of Trump. The bad stuff is because of someone else. Coronavirus is because of China. The violence is because of Democrat governors and mayors who can't get a handle on their cities. So it was definitely this kind of weird, I mean, you talk about the discordance, and I definitely agree, but the discordance also was between the, the sort of weird, misty-eyed optimism over what Trump's going to do, mixed with the the like fear and nightmarish chaos that they painted as the, you know, the, the next four years under a Democrat government. Didn't they actually have something in their plat platform that said like something like return to normal in 2021 well, as an well, objective? Well, one thing, A, they actually didn't have a real agenda. It's the first time the Republicans have ever not actually had a, a agenda for what they're going to do. They basically just had these, as you said, bullet points that literally one said, return to normal in 2021. Um, so I'm all for that, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I think <laughs> I'm pro-normal. Yes, agreed. And also teach American exceptionalism in schools. Seem to be one of them. Wow, there's plenty of American exceptions right now. The, I mean, the other thing was they kept repeating this kind of promises kept, promise kept. Right. And you'd watch it and you'd be like, what the, the thing that was kind of preceded the words promises kept, usually you've kind of forgotten about by then. But like, none of these promises really have been kept. But if you, I think it was just an exercise in if you say it enough times, people will believe it, believe it regardless of what it is you're saying. No, and I, and I think you're right about that. I mean, I think this is something that Republicans have understood, I think, for a longer time than Democrats, that people respond to simple messages repeated over and over again. And, and, and yes, the Republicans are certainly doing that, although I would argue that they do have a harder time this time around, because the last time the Democrats actually were in a difficult place because Hillary Clinton had to both try to be a candidate of change, yet at the same time, try to be a candidate who was continuing the Obama legacy. It was a very, very hard thing to do. And the Republicans are similarly in a point where they're kind of saying, well, we're going to bring this great America that we promised you the last time, and now look what's happened, but the Democrats will make it worse. It's not an easy message. And I think in a way, I, I don't know, I felt like the more I watched the convention, the more it felt to me like I could see the Republicans back on their heels a little bit and kind of straining to respond to a lot of different criticism. Oh, it was highly defensive. I mean, so the, 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 just on the promises kept, you know, the ones where they did, and I legitimately can make some case as sort of conservative judges, they had two, so you, you, you saw that, you had red tape and you had people with testimonials about how their businesses have gotten easier to do, or, you know, it was, it was all gummed up beforehand. And then of course, tax cuts, which they did manage to do. Right. So, so there were, you know, there, now no one's talking about the wall. I mean, they're sort of like, let's be quiet about, I don't think I heard anyone talk about the wall. <laughs> no, it's the wall. wall. I don't know what you're talking about, but, but there was, you know, there was definitely some of that, but there, and there, you know, it's, I also found when you talk about dis, the discordant nature of it, I found, jar, I guess, jarring would be the word. So uh, one minute I'd, I, you know, there were some effective testimonials or 
I don't know what you call it, uh, reality television moments like when Trump, um, you know, inducted as U.S. citizens a handful of people in somewhere in the White House, again, in contravention, apparently, of the of the Hatch Act, or when he, um, what was it? Oh, when he pardoned the, the convicted bank robber who's done, who has done, you know, great things since then. I mean, that, that is actually a great story. That is exactly the whole point of a, of a you know, a, a criminal justice reform again, in contravention potentially of, uh, but, but, but that's, then you'd have these, you know, the Trump, like the, I don't know what you call them, the attack dogs, like Eric Trump or, or Donnie Trump or um, Kim Guilfoyle, Donnie Trump's girlfriend, or even worse. Laura Trump or Tiffany Trump or Melania Trump. At least, at least some of them were soft edged. I thought, uh, I thought Tiffany and it was like, Hey, Tiffany's back. Haven't seen you. How was law school? But um, the, uh, the, the one that I really, I mean, I watched, Rudy Giuliani, and I just thought, ah, oh, you know, he's sweating and he's spitting, and you just think, you know, this is this is just angry. These don't, this does not present a very happy and positive message, which I do think is is probably to the detriment of of uh, expanding their base. Or the, you know, I don't know. I think they cleverly outsourced some of that anger and some of the rage and some of the tougher issues to other people. I think that was one of the things that. It seemed like different speakers had been handed different topics that they were going to talk about, like Tiffany talking about, you know, the media. I just uh, I felt like that was a way of creating a little bit of a firewall between Trump himself and some of the really rough edges of some of those. And Giuliani is, is, you know, was like the sort of angry Nixonian in 1968 about law and order and and that kind of thing. I suppose that's probably true. Well, what's what's so what uh, is anybody going to care in two weeks time, I guess, is the. Final question. I mean, these things sort of they have an interesting impact. The ratings were relatively low, both for the Republicans and for the Democrats. And I think they were a little bit lower for the Republicans uh, than they were for the Democrats. And, and, and I saw that Fox, you know, the majority or the largest number of viewers came from Fox News. So you're not you're preaching to the choir, more or less. What do you think, Anna? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's possible Trump will get a slight bump out of this. But I don't think it'll be huge, and I don't think it will last. I, as I said, I, I think the more I watched this, the more it felt very defensive. The, the fact that even the fact that they were having to try to offer a softer Trump, the fact that there was no economic populism, it, it just it just seems to me that this is not a message that is going to have any real lasting effect. John, what do you think? I think I don't know. I I think it may have an effect. I think it shows you just thinking about the economy. That we're gonna, it's gonna be a kind of he said, he said. Trump saying that the economy was fantastic and will be fantastic again. Biden saying it won't be, arguing over the same job numbers and whether they're new or old. I just think it's gonna come down to, like rhetoric, because people will believe the economy is is in a good shape even if it isn't if they're told it enough times. So I'll be interested to see whose message prevails. Well, you will get to see that. We're gonna have the, it's sort of like this is basically the kickoff, and now the season begins up to November. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate your perspective. That's our show for this week. Thanks to my guests and hats off to our producer, Freddie Joyner in New York. Our final thanks go to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you go to get your podcast fixes. Check us out every day at breakingnews.com. And don't forget to tune in next week for another edition. Stay healthy.